celebrating Yuri's night. This week on Planetary Radio. I'm Sarah Al-Ahmed of the Planetary Society, with more of the human adventure across our solar system and beyond. Get ready for an astronomical adventure as we dive into the heart of Yuri's Night, the biggest space party of the year. It celebrates the anniversary of Yuri Gagarin's groundbreaking journey to space in 1961, the first moment a human left our world. We'll share the reflections of astronaut Jessica Watkins, a peek at the future on Mars with the director of NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab, Lori Leshin, and so much more as we celebrate the future of space exploration. Finally, don't miss out on our What's Up segment, previewing the stunning night sky and a rare hybrid eclipse on April 20th. And now for some space headlines. Perseverance is sampling a new area on Mars. The rover, which has been collecting samples of the Martian surface since 2020, has moved on to a new area atop Jezero Crater's delta. The first sample was taken from a rock the science team calls Berea, which they believed formed from rock deposits that were carried downstream to this location by an ancient river. If so, this rock could differ from those originating in the delta. Meanwhile, the Ingenuity Mars helicopter that's been accompanying Perseverance broke the record this week by flying faster and higher than ever before. NASA is moving away from naming spacecraft after people. A new policy says that missions should be named after people only when their contributions are so extraordinary that any other form of recognition by the agency would be considered inadequate. This decision comes in the wake of critiques after the naming of the James Webb Space Telescope. Several Jackson missions may be facing delays due to rocket issues. The Japanese H-3 rocket failed in its first launch, possibly because of issues with its upper stage engine. Because the engine is very similar to the one that's on the H-2A rocket, launches of that vehicle are also on hold. This could delay the launches of the XRISM X-ray telescope, the Slim Lunar Lander, and possibly MMX, a mission to return samples from the Martian moon Phobos. You can learn more about these and other stories in the April 7th edition of our weekly newsletter, The Downlink. Read it or subscribe to have it sent to your inbox for free every Friday at planetary.org downlink. And now on to Yuri's Night. On April 12, 1961, Yuri Gagarin, a Soviet cosmonaut, made history by becoming the first human to journey into outer space. This day is now celebrated worldwide as the International Day of Human Spaceflight. In honor of Gagarin and all that has been accomplished as humans have explored space, we celebrate Yuri's Night a global celebration of space exploration, science, and human achievement. Yuri's Night was conceived in 1999 by its founders, Loretta Hidalgo-Whitesides, George T. Whitesides, and Trish Garner. The event has evolved over the years and is now run by the SpaceKind Foundation, a nonprofit organization with a mission to educate and inspire the next generation of explorers. This year's Yuri's Night theme is For All SpaceKind, a celebration of unity and inclusiveness. We live in a time when all of humanity exists on the surface or in orbit around the planet Earth. But that may not always be true. As humanity ventures to other worlds, and perhaps other stars, what celebrations will we take with us? The founders of Yuri's Night hope that this is a celebration that stays with us for generations to come as we venture out into space. It's hard to express what it's like to attend Yuri's Night. The electric energy of the crowds of space lovers and their space-inspired outfits. The clamor of Star Wars droids everywhere you go. 
The instant friendships that are made as the crowd gathers under the space shuttle Endeavor to celebrate and dance the night away. The event is packed with a star-studded guest list, including NASA astronaut Jessica Watkins, Dr. Cyan Proctor, the pilot of the SpaceX Inspiration4 mission, numerous cast and crew members from science fiction shows and movies, and a host of Yuri's Night Ambassadors. There are also many talented artists and some of the most delightful and inspired members of Spacekind you can meet. As we venture further into space and explore the cosmos, it's becoming increasingly clear that the divisions between us matter less and less. We're all just citizens of the planet Earth, and this concept is beautifully captured by the term Spacekind. Yuri's Night and the Spacekind Foundation are dedicated to fostering unity, understanding, and collaboration among Earth's inhabitants as we reach for the stars. Here's a short clip from Loretta Whitesides, the founder of the Spacekind Foundation and a co-founder of Yuri's Night. That's why I launched Spacekind. It's a new kind of space training. It helps you not only get to space, but like the person you are when you get there. Because who we are when we get to space is going to set a precedent for generations to come. Feels like this is a really important time for humanity. We have an incredible opportunity to use the move into space to make some critical course corrections in how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other, and how we treat our home planet. We're not passengers here. This is a spaceship. That's our windshield. It's got a pretty epic view of the galaxy. We don't treat it like that. It's time for us to step up and become crew of Spaceship Earth. I was exceptionally excited for this year's keynote, given by Jessica Watkins. NASA selected Jessica to join the 2017 Astronaut Candidate class. She has an impressive background in geological and environmental sciences. Jessica recently completed her first spaceflight on NASA's SpaceX Crew-4 mission to the International Space Station, where she spent 170 days in space. She's also part of the Artemis team. As we look to humanity's future in space, it's important to note that Jessica might become the first woman and person of color to step on the moon. Here's a bit of her reflections on her time in space from her keynote address. We have such a unique privilege to be able to see the Earth from this vantage point, to be able to see the diversity of colors and climates and ecosystems, and it really just drives home the importance um, of our responsibility to take care of it. The night sky from, from the cupola is equally as beautiful. Getting to see the, the stars in the sky, and then as well as all of the, the lights, and city lights, and lightning, thunderstorms that cross continents um, on the surface of the Earth. Some of our favorite moments as a crew were times where we gathered together in the cupola and just watch the world go by together, really in, often in stunned silence at just how absolutely beautiful our home is. Jessica stuck around after her keynote for an interview conducted by Tawny Newsom. Tawny is best known to space fans for her roles as Ensign Beckett Mariner on Star Trek Lower Decks and Angela Ali in the Netflix original series Space Force, where she plays the first black woman on the moon. 
Fittingly, Tawny had the opportunity to interview two groundbreaking women in the space industry, Dr. Cyan Proctor and astronaut Jessica Watkins. Cyan Proctor was the first black woman to pilot a spacecraft aboard SpaceX's Inspiration4 mission. And as I said before, Jessica Watkins might become the first black woman to step foot on the moon. This powerful conversation highlights how far we've come and how exciting the future of space exploration truly is. So there continue to be many historic firsts by women in the space sector, especially for women of color, and still a lot more to go. Dr. Proctor, how do you see your career being shaped or influenced by the barriers that you've broken or by any hardships that you've faced? Well, you know, um, I, I'm a seasoned individual, and so I, going through a, a lot of my education and a lot of the spaces I've been in as a geoscientist and, and a teacher, I've been the only person of color, only woman of color, too. And, and so um, to be able to go and be a part of the SpaceX Inspiration4 mission and become the first black woman to pilot a spacecraft. Whoop, 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 whoop. Here we go, here we go. Give the woman her flowers, there we go. Yeah, you know, it really, with great opportunity comes great responsibility. And so knowing that um, I have been able to have an impact on other people being able to see themselves in that space and doing that. Um, how many of you watched Countdown or watched our mission? Yeah, I did, uh, and, and, and followed along, and you know, we were called Inspiration4 for, for a reason, and it was to be able to come back and inspire, and so I've been very fortunate that um, I often run into people who come up to me and say how much our mission, and, and me in particular, and, and what I was able to do in, for our mission impacted them and helped change their lives. Amazing, thank you. Dr. Watkins, same question. How have, uh, yeah, how, how have the barriers that you've faced influenced you or shaped you? Yeah, you know, I think certainly for me, um, it is a, a real privilege to be able to be a part of the legacy of, of black astronauts and black women astronauts that have come before me, and um, a, a real honor to um, be a part of that is a, you know, a, a testament to, to that history. Um, and then it's also, I think, a, a testament to a, such an exciting future um, that we have at NASA and, and in human spaceflight, uh, moving in the right direction towards uh, more diversity of, of all types, experience, uh, background, um, racial diversity, all of the above. So. Amazing. Uh, so, Dr. Proctor, you founded Space to Inspire, which is founded on JEDI training, J-E-D-I, which stands for Just, Equitable, Diverse, and Inclusive. So, how can the space industry, both public and private, support these building blocks of inclusivity? Uh, you know, I think that when it comes to creating a JEDI space, that just, equitable, diverse, and inclusive space for all of humanity, and so the whole idea that we all play a, a part in the advancement of human spaceflight, and I think that um, it starts with us. And, and things like this, what Yuri's Night represents, what SpaceKind, um, if you haven't taken SpaceKind training, that's where I uh, got myself grounded in 2020 with Loretta, and then ended up, uh, again, a year later, winning my seat to space with Inspiration4. But it, it, I think a lot of it is about us 
um, putting pressure on the people who are making the decisions and, and letting them know that we all want to be a part of the narrative of human spaceflight. And, you know, it might be a, um, a Star Wars acronym, JEDI, but it is a Star Trek future hey, that we are trying to create. And, and it is grounded in that idea that we will boldly go together um, on this adventure. Yeah. And, and so that's what that's all about. One of my favorite parts of Yuri's Night is the Spirit of Yuri's Night Award. This award is all about recognizing the people who embody the true essence of the celebration. Inclusivity, unity, and a deep appreciation for the diverse qualities that make us human. This year's winners have truly captured the spirit of what it means to be space kind. Now, one of the fun things we get to do at Yuri's Night is give out an award every year called our Spirit of Yuri's Night Award. Every year we give this award out for somebody who's made space cool and accessible, who's used art and music and science to be able to bring the world together and appreciate a part of space that we haven't done before. This year, we've chosen a group of people who created something that started out as a fun homage to a lot of the science fiction that we know. It started out as a parody, a little bit, of some of the tropes that we've seen but it's really grown into an accessible and deep insight into human culture, human nature, and it's attacked problems that no other show has been willing to go out there and talk about in national television before. So we'd like to invite up to the stage the cast and crew of The Orville. The creators and crew behind The Orville should be proud. They absolutely deserve that award. At first glance, the Orville might seem like a comedic take on Star Trek, but it quickly evolves into one of the deepest, most thought-provoking shows I've seen. Here's what Penny Johnson Gerald, who plays Dr. Claire Finn on the show, had to say. I learned a lot just sitting here. I learned that um, I'm seasoned. Um, I also learned that there is so much out there in space and that we are so fortunate on the Orville to share stories that are hopeful, that lets us know that there is a future. And now I'm going to leave here knowing that we have so many more stories to tell. During the festivities, I had the opportunity to bump into Lori Leshen, the director of NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. I couldn't pass up on this chance to ask what upcoming space moments she was most looking forward to. Well, I can tell you one that we're literally right on the cusp of at JPL, which is the 50th flight of the Ingenuity helicopter on Mars. 50. We were being thrilled if it had lasted five, and it's we're on the cusp of 50, so that's amazing. But here's the one that I can imagine is going to be just mind-blowing. In about, I don't know, seven to ten years, depending on exact timing, we are going to be launching a rocket from the surface of Mars to come back to Earth with the Mars Sample Return mission. And it's not going to look like a typical launch. We are actually going to throw this rocket up in the air and then light it. And we've got Perseverance rover who's going to be standing by filming it. So we'll get to see it. That, I think, seeing the first rocket launch from the surface of another planet is going to be a moment to remember. As I look back on the amazing experience of Yuri's Night, 
I want to take a moment to acknowledge the dedicated and passionate volunteers who made the event possible. They came from a variety of organizations, including the Planetary Society. They worked tirelessly to ensure that the celebration of space exploration was a resounding success. These volunteers are the true heroes of Yuri's Night. I want to send a huge thanks to all of them and to everyone around the world that volunteers their time to share the wonders of the cosmos. It's days like these that I truly feel hopeful for the future of humanity. Meeting so many amazing, inspired, and kind people is an experience that I hope all of you have someday. I'll carry that adventure with me for the rest of my life. You can hear the extended version of my adventures at Yuri's Night in the podcast and online version of this show at planetary.org radio or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've got all sorts of bonus segments, including interviews with some of the amazing actors from Star Trek. We'll be right back for What's Up after this short break. There is so much going on in space science and exploration, and we're here to share it with you. Hi, I'm Amber, Digital Community Manager for the Planetary Society. Catch the latest space exploration news, pretty planetary pictures, and Planetary Society publications on our social media channels. You can find the Planetary Society on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I hope you'll like and subscribe so you never miss the next exciting update from the world of planetary science. Hi, this is Kate from the Planetary Society. How does space spark your creativity? We want to hear from you. Whether you make cosmic art, take photos through a telescope, write haikus about the planets, or invent space games for your family, really any creative activity that's space-related. We invite you to share it with us. You can add your work to our collection by emailing it to us at connect at planetary.org. That's connect at planetary.org. Thanks! Not everyone is lucky enough to live near a Yuri's Night celebration, but no matter where you live on this beautiful planet, you can take a moment to appreciate the night sky. Here's Bruce Betts, the chief scientist of the Planetary Society for What's Up. Hey, Bruce. So, you know, now that I have fully established that I, you know, spent all of Saturday being the sparkly, magical space girl I want to see in the world, what are you doing to mark, you know, this International Day of Human Spaceflight? I thought I would uh, maybe look at the night sky and check out space overhead. I mean, it's worth doing, especially after that ridiculous image of Uranus that just came out from the James Webb Space Telescope. Have you seen that? I have. It looks quite spectacular. It's another amazing picture by an amazing, amazing technological achievement. Well, since our eyes can't do what JWST can. Maybe yours can't, but, um, well, much easier than Uranus is Venus, which is hanging out in the west after sunset, looking super bright. I feel repetitive, but don't lose track of our friend Venus. It's really cool looking. And Mars is getting dimmer, but it still looks like a mildly bright reddish star. Orion and the other bright stars that have been hanging out with it for a while, they're going to separate. They had a little fight with Mars. So, um, you know, got to worry. You can only keep them happy so long. And then in the pre-dawn east, we've got yellowish Saturn and big stuff coming up, depending on where you are. A hybrid solar eclipse on April 20th. Hybrid eclipse is when the moon is just the right distance so that in part of the path, it's a little bit closer to the surface and in part of the path, it's farther because, you know, earth round and all that. And so in part of the path, you get an annular eclipse along the central line where the moon does not cover the sun completely. 
and all the central part, you get a total solar eclipse. But you're probably wondering, where is it? Well, the total eclipse will be visible over a small portion of the northwest corner of Australia, from East Timor and various islands in eastern Indonesia, and the seas and oceans nearby, if you're swimming around there. It's a short one. One minute and 16 seconds maximum for totality, but still cool. And uh, you can check out a partial solar eclipse over a much broader area, including most of Indonesia and most of Australia. Uh, you can check out planetary.org slash eclipse or check one of the many sites that gives you more information if you are in those areas. Or you can just frustrate yourself by looking at those and being sad that you're not going to see it. April 22nd, everyone with a clear sky will be able to see the crescent moon hanging out near Venus, making a beautiful pairing in the West, and centered on the night of the 22nd through the 23rd, a moderate meteor shower, the Lyrid. So if you're at a dark site, about 20 meteors per hour at its peak, moonlight, good news, little interference because there's just the crescent moon that will set early in the evening, so it's not competing. So still, it'd be a, it's, a, it's pretty good. Pretty good meteor shower, and it has a pretty sharp peak, but from like the 21st through the 24th, you can pick up uh, certainly increased meteors and even beyond that. Whew, okay, busy. On to this week in space history. Uh, are you aware of anything space-related that happened this week? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I didn't totally just spend this whole last week celebrating anything at all. <laughs> Okay, well then, I will let you know that the first human in space, Yuri Gagarin, uh, flew in 1961, this week when the show's coming out. And 20 years later, on the same date, was the first space flight of the space shuttle, STS-1. And this week, Apollo 13 had its adventure and returned safely to Earth after a lot of creative problem-solving by engineers in 1970. So, uh, yeah, some very significant events, as well as lots of others that I'm not going to get to. You know why? Why? Because we have to go on to random space facts. I was like this close to being right out of The Simpsons. <laughs> so this one I'm borrowing. Uh, I will cite my source from Caltech because they unveiled something. You talked about the Uranus picture. There is something else unveiled today that's amazing, which is a mosaic of Mars from MRO, Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, the context camera, taking from its 110,000 images. There's a, a 98 or 99% of the surface at five meters per pixel in one interactive image. And uh, it's, it's amazing. So I so wished I'd had this when I was playing with Mars surface science to get an idea. It is, can be accessed through uh, Caltech's Bruce Murray Laboratory for Planetary Visualization. And yes, that is the same Bruce Murray who has co-founded the Planetary Society and was my PhD thesis advisor. Now we get to the really kind of the weird fact part of it. The full mosaic is 5.7 terapixels. Oh. And taking straight from the Caltech release, if it were printed out at 300 dots per inch, the standard printing resolution for many, the resulting image could be used as a sunshade for the entire Rose Bowl and a significant chunk of the Rose Bowl's parking lot. <laughs> that is a big image, but I just couldn't believe when you go online and you go through it, it's very easy to, to move around. And so there's higher resolution coverage of parts of Mars, but to have an entire mosaic of essentially almost the whole planet, it's just incredible. So I got excited. No, I was 
absolutely amazing. You know, I saw it come into my email when you sent it to me, had to check it out. And my gosh, it's startling. Yeah, it's amazing. Let's go on to the trivia contest, shall we? Let's do it. I asked who took the iconic picture of Bruce McCandless floating untethered over the earth during the first flight of the manned maneuvering unit where he's just floating out there over the space and background, earth down below. How'd we do? Interestingly, we had a lot of variation on this one. It seemed like people had a hard time trying to find the answer to this, even the ones who did admit to Googling it. (laughs) But the answer is Robert Hoot Gibson. That's got to be a really weird moment to just be watching someone on your crew just floating in space. It was um, amazing. And and Hoot Gibson was a pilot astronaut, flew on several missions. And so uh, he had the camera and took that stunning picture of him just hanging out out there. So cool. All right. You got got anything more? Anything exciting? You got a winner, maybe? Our winner this week is Steve Sheridan from Redondo Beach, California. So we'll be sending you a goodnight Oppie thermal mug. And I hope you cherish it because there are several people that are like, please let me have the Oppie thermal mug. (laughs) So I don't know. Our our supplies are running a little low, but I will continue giving them out until we run out of awesome Oppie thermal mugs. Oh, and I, I did like this. It's been a while since we've shared one of our poet laureates poems that they sent in. Dave Fairchild from Kansas, USA sent us this poem. Back in 1984, a backpack went to space where Bruce McCandless wore it, and it wasn't commonplace. In fact, it was a first in line, the Jetpack MMU, that took him out from Challenger. 300 feet he flew. And while he did, his fellow crewman, Hoot, had snapped a pic. Iconic still, though 40 years has passed since that click. Then later on, McCandless helped to launch the Hubble Round, another NASA astronaut with wonders all around. snaps (laughs) i love it when people send us poetry and it's been increasing over time i don't know if that's chat gpt's fault but i still love every poem that people send us (laughs) also got this message from mark dunning from ormond beach florida who said keep up the good stuff and please please share more about your fandoms us nerds out here in the world want to know more so i don't know what are your fandoms bruce what what are you into uh planetary radio that's my favorite answer. A uh, big fan of things that are unrelated to space, like uh, TV show Psych and Star Wars. Yeah, I'm an original Star Wars guy. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say that most of us here at the Planetary Society are big nerds about one thing or another. But, you know, y'all will learn more as we go on, I'm sure. But I'm definitely an avid gamer. I love fantasy and sci-fi and reading. And occasionally I cosplay at conventions. I was uh, caught off guard by this question, but yes, indeed, the uh, video games, although you are, I think, more advanced than I, though my history goes back farther for no other reason than age. And I have been to a convention, which is not quite the same. And speaking of nerdiness, people loved your question from last week's show about Destiny 2. I won't give the answer away, but we had many guardians write us in to say that they immediately knew the answer to this. So <laughs> looking forward to giving one of them a prize. So not surprisingly, there is some uh, demographic overlap with the video game audience. All right. What is our next trivia question? What was painted on the front of Yuri Gagarin's flight helmet and why? And it's not the obvious answer you'd think of, but I'll dig a little deeper. Go to planetary.org slash radio contest. 
you know, I don't even know the answer to this one. So I will be puzzling over this one as well. <laughs> and you have until April 19th at 8 a.m. Pacific time to get us your answer. First part's easy if you can just imagine pictures of him with the helmet and the spacecraft. Yeah. And we have a special prize this time. We will send the winner a Yuri's Night gift set that includes what? patches and pins and stickers and uh, little Yuri's Night temporary tattoos. <laughs> so get us your answers. This one is totally worth it. All right, everybody, go out there, look out the night sky and think of you. And you wouldn't, of course, carve something in a tree. What would it be? Thank you and good night. We've reached the end of this week's episode of Planetary Radio, but we'll be back next week with more space adventures. Planetary Radio is produced by the Planetary Society in Pasadena, California, and is made possible by our space partying members. Mark Hilverta and Ray Pauletta are our associate producers. Andrew Lucas is our audio editor. Josh Doyle composed our theme, which was arranged and performed by Peter Schlosser. And until next week... Ad Astra. Astra.